the Interesting Conversations with Interesting People podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. Author Queen P. When the mood is right, a poetry journey mood swings and when the mood is right a rebirth books available on amazon and all good bookstores get ready for takeoff welcome back to my interesting conversations with interesting people podcast series my guest for this episode is a emotional and narcissistic abuse recovery expert she is also an author annie casina phd Hi, Annie. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And thank you for inviting me, Nigel. I'm really looking forward to this. Great to have you here. So where do you live at the moment? I live in a leafy village just outside Oxford. And did you grow up there? No, I'm a Londoner. And for me, living in a village, which actually is a village, is a bit of a shock. So do you miss London? I miss the idea of London, but not necessarily the way that London is today. There are lots of really nice things about being in this cosy atmosphere. And Oxford is a place that in some senses time seems to have forgotten. Slower pace of life, I would imagine. Very much so in different ways. So, Annie, you have a PhD. How long did it take to get that qualification and where did you study? How long did it take me? Well, it felt like for bloody ever. But it was a long time because I only emigrated twice while I was doing it and there were various other things going on. And I started it at the University of Sydney and finished it at the University of London. And how long was that all together then? Nearly seven years. Oh, well, that's still pretty good. If you do a PhD and stay halfway sane, you're probably doing really well. You're an emotional and narcissistic abuse recovery coach. Yes. How did you become interested in that work? I became interested in that work when my marriage imploded, when I decided that my then husband had anger issues because the relationship hadn't been working and hadn't been working and I couldn't work out what the issue was. And I heard this thing on the radio about anger issues and I thought, that's what he's got. So I found the name of the guy who was meant to specialise in anger issues and he saw my then husband and they got on like a house on fire and this guy wanted to speak to me and he said to me that the relationship you're in is actually one of domestic violence it's domestic abuse and I thought what 
this doesn't happen to me. I'm too smart for this. That was when the relationship ended. And then I had to learn all about it. And over the years, I learned, yeah, I was married to a narcissist. I was brought up by a narcissist, you know, because there's always one narcissist behind another narcissist in your life. And I thought, well, can't change it for me. Can't change what's happened for me. But I'm damned if I'm going to sit back and just let this carry on because it's outrageous that so many people should end up in this situation. So your experience then inspired you to study narcissism? Would that be correct? Yes, absolutely. And I think like you, it was sort of going down a rabbit hole and a journey of self-discovery. And also this fascinating thing about uh, the more I worked with people, the more I saw how abuse hollows out remarkable people. You meet all these people who think that they're nobody, that they've got nothing because their perception of themselves has been hollowed out by narcissists. And that's outrageous. Well, I think the term is a narcissist will erase their partner's personality. They'll have a damn good try. Happily, they can't do it. Well, hopefully not to everyone they encounter. So in your opinion... What motivates a person with toxic narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder to do the things that they do? They are constantly feeding themselves by depleting other people. And they feel they have a perfect right to. They regard themselves a lot of the time as the smartest person around. And therefore, they have an absolute right in their eyes to do whatever they feel like doing in order to get their hits from people they regard as inferior. And we are all inferior to the narcissist in the narcissist's eyes. Well, that has certainly been my opinion. Unfortunately, I've been involved with more than one narcissist myself. And yes, I did find myself towards the end of the relationship feeling very drained. Because you've got narcissistic supply, which is where they draw energy. You're dealing with an energy vampire, as it were. Exactly. As we know, all relationships with narcissists will inevitably cause major problems. And I understand you support women with their emotional abuse recovery. Why did you choose women to support in particular? There were lots of reasons for that choice. One was that women are the majority of victims. And I was more comfortable working with women because I understand their perspective extremely well, I'd like to think. But also, there was this thing that if I was trying to use they or he, she indeterminately, then I was likely to be alienating a load of the people who'd been through that. In my experience, and the experience of so many women, we don't want to see he, she, he, she. We want to know, no, this was my life. This is my life that you're telling me about. In terms of your clients, what type of issues do you support them with? How do you guide them? Well, the issues that I support them with really do cover a huge range. It's You've got all sorts of things like recovering their self-worth, finding a purpose in their life, finding their voice, healing from narcissistic abuse, obviously working out how they're going to live the rest of their lives so that they're meaningful and creating boundaries, healthy relationships, learn how to speak to narcissists and spot the narcissist before the narcissist gets their fangs into them. These are some of the issues. And how 
you support them is there's always a certain amount of education about narcissists. But the other thing for me is really getting the person to unlearn all the horrible things that narcissists teach them so that they start to own their own worth and really come to love themselves and unlearn those dreadful patterns of treating themselves badly. That's a very short answer, but there's a huge amount of work in it. Well, I'm a firm believer in prevention is better than cure. If a person is on the dating scene, what type of red flags should they look out for regarding a potential narcissist? Well, as far as I'm concerned, there are two kinds of red flags. There are your own patterns, which are really important, and there are the narcissist behaviours. So clearly you want to be very, very afraid of someone who swoops in out of nowhere and declares that you're their soulmate and they just want to sweep you off into their arms to a castle far away, which you will never get out of, so that they can love you for the rest of your life on your own, because that's terrifying. You don't want this person who's such a special person that he's going to get you to share his pedestal. You don't want someone who shows signs of judgment of other people. You know, the kind of person who's dismissive of a waiter because that person is a waiter. So there are a lot of signs to watch out for. But then we come back to you. And you've got to be very well aware of your own red flags. Now, I had to face one of my own red flags, which was that I was quite capable of falling in love with a pebble. You know, if anybody showed me a little bit of kindness and interest, I could literally fall in love with them on a sixpence. That's really worrying. I also knew that I could make excuses for somebody's bad behavior. Well, it's such a lovely person. I'm sure he's having a hard day. I was always playing fantasy futures, which we all have been known to do. Making excuses for people, seeing their potential. You are not the potential whisperer. It is really, really important to take it slow and trust your intuition. And intuition, as I'm sure you know, Nigel, is the total pain in the butt because it butts in when you're thinking that everything's going well and it drops a message in your lap that you don't want to hear and then it says, bye, sort it out or not. Well, Annie, you're also an author. So what are your books called and what are they about? They're all about relationships. Uh, The first one was The Woman You Want to Be and was my first foray into writing. And I hadn't intended to write it. I was kind of in the early stages of healing from narcissistic abuse. And one day I just got up and started writing this thing or it started writing itself. And it became a book very quickly. And it was all about how you go about undoing the programming for yourself but it wasn't about you know this is what you do it was just a series of very gentle things that you could take yourself through that would make a difference the second one is marriage to mr nasty dedicated may i say to my ex-husband can't think why and that is this thing about really getting a vision of how the narcissist shows up in your life and how you interact with them. And the third one, do you choose your dog more carefully than your husband, grew out of a real-life incident when my then-husband was having another hissy fit because my puppy was trying to kill the belt of my dressing gown while 
he was watching television. Very small puppy, making very little noise. And he said to me, you've got to choose between me and the dog. And this voice that I didn't recognize just came out and said, it's a no-brainer, I'll take the dog. And then I realized that I had chosen my puppy much, much more carefully than my husband. And I had a wonderful puppy who fitted with my lifestyle and was, you know, really urbane and charming and sweet-natured. And there was a big learning there. And so many of us have chosen our dog more carefully than our partner. So what are your plans for the future, Annie? I intend to continue what I've been doing, to continue working with women, continue spreading awareness about narcissistic abuse, continue writing, because I love what I do. That's probably about the main plan at the moment. So how can people contact you? They can contact me via my website, recoverfromemotionalabuse.com, or they can find me on Instagram, mainly where I'm at Dr. Anna underscore Annie PhD, Facebook, obviously. Annie in Oxford, UK. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Please follow author Nigel Beckles podcasts on Anchor, Amazon Audible, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms. Thanks.